Building a life as a dancer takes grit, dedication, focus, a load of confidence, resilience, prayer, a few friends, a mentor, and oftentimes a break. Bring It to the Marley is a documentary series, a talk show, and a podcast. I'm your host, Duana Adeha-Small. International dance luminary, mentor, teacher, creative spirit, and water daughter. My life has been a series of dreams and goals. It's truly been a pocket full of manifestations lived and fulfilled. I've been working hard to find balance between goals, fun, and freedom. I'm here to help you to find true meaning and purpose moving in the world as a dancer while bringing you conversations with artists who have tasted the world's stage and carefully choreographed the pages of their lives and who continue to open doors in the world with all its beautiful noise. My hope is that this show helps you leap even when you're fearful, stretch when the walls are craving in, turn when you've hit that ceiling, and dance even when the music seems to silence. Welcome. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back to my podcast, Bring It to the Marley. Thank you so much for joining me again. I really appreciate you all coming out. Uh, As we get cold out there in the weather in New York City. But this episode is called Stepping Out on Faith and just going to talk a little bit about why I left the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. So many people remember me as that Ailey dancer My family, my friends, and even my husband's friends lovingly tell people every time they enter a room or I enter a room, she's a dancer and an early dancer, which I kindly remind them. That was years ago, (laughs) y'all. I'm more than that now. I once was, but that is, it's been years since I graced the covers of any magazines and dance headlines. My recent headlines have been for trying to save the arts and talking about the Performing Arts Center that I had. But I guess I'm speaking about this today because we spoke about needing to close one door on an opportunity in order to open and receive what's behind another. While I was in the early company, I was constantly closing doors, per se. You know, I was reinventing myself each year. But at some point, I felt that I had grown as much as I could from that experience and I needed to move on. So let's get right into it. So I'm happy you could join me again if you're just joining me now and you fast forward. Uh, I'm just going to share. Funny enough, I remember the time auditioning for the Ailey Company. Oh, my God. And was chosen as a member But nothing could compare to the anxiety that I had leading up to and on the day I told the then artistic director, Judith Jamison, that I would be moving on. I had a lot of sleepless nights leading up to that day. I could imagine because she knew me so well that she could sense something was wrong or off with me. But that's beside the point. I felt as if I was disappointing her, or I would disappoint her, that she had dreams for me that didn't involve me leaving. And what that feels like for the individual, meaning me, you know, um, I don't know, it's a weight on your shoulders, a huge weight. Like, what would they say? What would they do? 
her response um, surprised me in a great way. Hmm. I remember walking into her office, well, her then office in the theater we were in, and having her sit there, I was so anxious. Oh, my God, I didn't sleep the whole week, the whole night. And I had a performance that night, too. Um, and I just said I had something to tell her. This was around the week of contract negotiations. And I said, Ms. Jamison, um, I think it's time. It's time that I have to leave or move on from the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. And once again, it was preceded by the longest sense of silence that I had ever experienced, especially from her. And I think she was shocked, but she was also not surprised, which she would say, you know, I'm not surprised. I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. She just kept saying, I knew this was coming. I didn't know it was coming, even though I did. I had been preparing for a while. But I also had been preparing for years to get into the company. You know, I struggled with the thought of walking away from something I had worked my entire life for, that I had worked so hard for, that had so many dreams, you know, at night and dreams as I walked in the street daydreaming <laughs> about me being in this company. I told myself that I had so much more dance in me, that I would be crazy to leave. I also told myself that I would not stay any longer than my spirit needed to. I had so many things still on my life's goals list, and I felt like I was running out of time. So you see, you know, staying in Ailey, where your whole life is immersed in traveling and rehearsing, and you move through the world on their contract, their time, you have no room to do anything else or all fulfill all the other dreams that you have for your life, because this is one of the dreams. But I woke up one day and I realized that I was full. I didn't want to stay past that feeling of fullness. Otherwise, I felt like I was going to run the risk of making something that meant so much to me turn into something bitter. Years before joining the ranks, I had chosen Ailey, written it down in my personal development plan for my life, and I worked hard to get there. Years and years of training, many different schools, many different days where I missed out on family events, friends events, socializing. You know, it would have been easy to stay in the Ailey company, but I knew I had accomplished that goal. And all the years that I worked to reach that goal, I felt like, you know, I did it. Check, <laughs> you know, but I needed to continue on my own path, continue on this remarkable journey I was destined to live. I was so full from the Ailey experience and felt like it was my time to move aside so others could drink from the fountain of the Ailey <laughs> life. It was the only company I had ever wanted to dance with. Ailey's choreography spoke directly to the core of my being and helped me to communicate my truth to a higher power even before I had language to articulate it. 
I found myself there and I learned what my limitations were. I also learned how much more I needed to learn about my life and my purpose. Many people didn't understand my path, you know, many family members, many friends, they, you know, they all thought I <laughs> tripped and fell on my head, lost my mind. <laughs> I, oh my God, everybody thought I was crazy. They thought that at Ailey, you know, you got into Ailey, what? This is your apex. This, you know, you get into Ailey, you stay there till you can't walk anymore. You know, newsflash, that was, really wasn't my dream, you know. It wasn't my dream to <laughs> not survive, you know, past that and do nothing else. I knew that no matter how great Ellie was and how amazing Ellie was, life-changing Ellie was, that it would not be the greatest thing I would do in my life. I knew that I had more in me that although I had worked my entire life for this, that that wasn't everything I had. And that there were so many other sides to me. I knew differently. I had already spoken and prayed my life into the universe way before I got into the Ailey company. I knew going into the company that my last day would be sooner rather than later. It was a stop albeit an important one, but a stop nonetheless on my life trajectory. While I was there, Illy was everything to me. Each year I had to reinvent myself, compete with myself and push myself oftentimes to the edge of my comfort zone to reach new heights. I spent a lot of time along, you know, rather I spent a lot of time alone working on myself, my technique, my artistry, and my confidence. Although very competitive, I was able to make a name for myself and stand out. You know, first of all, I looked differently. You know, I had short hair. I tried braids every now and then, but it so wasn't me. You know, it just so wasn't my look. I felt like when I cut my hair, finally, I stepped into, you know, the woman I was supposed to be. Hmm. In my mind, I had to fight for the parts I desired. You know, as I thought, others received roles so easily. You know, I felt like I had to fight for the soft, gentle roles. Don't get me wrong, I, I did indeed get special leading roles, but there were so many more that I wanted to perform. Just like actors, I believe you get typecast and you struggle to prove yourself in other ways, past others' perceptions of you. I was afraid beyond belief, to push myself to dance other things other than the scrubbing of the floor, the struggling black girl, the crying black girl. I could do that easily. <laughs> but knowing that um, this whole experience would enrich my life, I was there every day, every year reinventing myself to bring a new energy, you know, to the choreographers and to the room. All of this to say you know, I knew that no new opportunity would be avail available to me fully unless I, you know, closed one door and embraced the idea of leaving. This is why I was able to depart with a full and glorious heart, actually, to be really honest. You know, I was able to leave with a full head and a full experience, satisfied with my work 
truly satisfied with my work and everything that I gave and the lessons I learned during my tenure. I gracefully took my last bow. I still can visualize that day. It was heavy on my heart. I left behind a legacy of being a dancer who felt everything on the stage. I was emotive and honestly expressive in my approach to the craft. I believe that was my gift. I wasn't that dancer with the, you know, overly flexible feet and the insanely flexible body and hips and, you know, legs that can stay up in the air for like 20 million years. But I was strong. I was a strong dancer and I was expressive. I remember after leaving, things were very difficult and the rejection that began in other areas It took a toll on my self-esteem. It was extremely hard to keep the faith. I relied heavily on friends and family to keep me sane. I prayed a lot, like every day, (laughs) and would often affirm myself from dark places or out of dark places by reciting, if not this, something better. If not this, something better. So each time a no or a door was slammed in my face or just a, you know, the absence of a response is worse sometimes than a no. I would recite to myself out loud, if not this, something better. If not this opportunity, a better opportunity. Each time I was met with a rejection, I would repeat it constantly as I was applying for all sorts of in the meantime jobs and receiving about five rejections. (laughs) Or, you know, the silence, oh, the killing silence every day. My photo was on the side of a bus at times and on the cover of magazines, and yet I could not get a job, y'all. But I believe I was thinking too small. Actually, I think I was thinking about paying my mortgage, to be honest. But what the rejection taught me was that you are only as good as your last performance. It also taught me that you are more than your experiences. What is happening to you is actually happening for you. And I believe it's setting you up for success and what you are truly meant to do and what truly aligns with your frequency and your purpose. Each day, (laughs) I needed to prove myself, which became a test in how well I could recover from the self-doubt. I was finally okay. I could manage my self-talk and my emotions. I also dipped into my savings and had help from friends to keep myself afloat. I was not losing my house. I ate mangoes and tuna (laughs) for to save my life. I even moved to California for a few months, which is another story altogether. But as I waited and prayed, I would receive the call of all calls. Guys, this call was from Miss Oprah Winfrey herself, inviting me to South Africa to teach dance to her students at the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls. Imagine, oh God, just imagine my heart way back when I was affirming 
if not this, something better. To receive my something better in the phone call. I instantly made the connection. This was my something better. And ironically enough, when I first heard about OLAG, I entered it into my personal development plan and journal. Going to South Africa, ooh, guys, that was, that was part of my journey before I even knew it. I spoke it, I willed it, and worked something better into fruition. So I picked up and moved to South Africa. My experience there, you know, is a book on its own. Maybe one day <laughs> I'll, I'll write that book too. But I'll leave you with this. You know, choose the life you want. Live fully the life you choose. Be open to what the universe wants to gift you. And know that what you pray for, which is in line with your purpose, is only a fraction of what your creator wants to give you. I feel like I need to repeat that. I don't know if for myself, but for somebody else out there. Choose the life you want. Live fully the life you choose. Be open to the universe and what the universe wants to gift you. And know that what you pray for, which is in line with your purpose, is only a fraction of what your creator wants to give you. Thank you for listening, everybody. So happy you could have joined me today. If you want to follow me at my other platforms, I'm at DwanaSmallwood.com, where you can see all the other projects that I'm working on. And if you would like to follow me on YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram, I'm at Bring It To The Morley. Have a fabulous day, and don't forget to keep on dancing.